Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Today we're heading to Athens, where we're joined by U.S. Ambassador Jeffrey Pyatt for a look at the latest high-level congressional visits to Greece, Greece's important strategic position in the region, and its role in the battle to wean Europe off Russian gas, especially in light of Putin's invasion of Ukraine, and the strong confidence manifesting on both sides of the Atlantic in the U.S.-Greece partnership. Ambassador Pyatt, welcome back on The Greek Current. Great to hear from you, Thanos. Ambassador, during your tenure, there have been several high-level congressional visits to Greece. It almost seems fitting that your final month in Greece included visits by three separate congressional delegations. What do these visits tell us about the increasing level of interest and involvement in the bilateral relationship from Congress? Yeah, well, thanks for asking, Donos. And it has been wonderful that my last couple of weeks here in Athens have included so many senior members of the U.S. Congress visiting. I've really prioritized my relationship and the mission's partnership with Congress on both sides of the House and the Senate over my time here. But we had three terrific visits back-to-back. First, we had our Representative Connolly in his capacity as the president of the NATO Parliamentary Assembly, who was here right about the time of the Delphi Forum. And then last week, I was in Suda Bay with Codell from the House Armed Services Committee, led by Representative Carbajal from Santa Barbara. So from my home state, one of my favorite parts of California, that was also bipartisan, including Tony Gonzalez from Texas and Representative Rick Larson from Washington State. Really terrific visit focused on our defense and security partnership and the utility of, of Suda Bay. And then just a couple of hours ago, I said farewell to a very large delegation, Republicans and Democrats, from the House Committee on Energy and Commerce, chaired by the chairman of the committee, Representative Frank Pallone, but also including the senior Republican, the former chairman, Fred Upton from Michigan. All of these are fantastic opportunities for the members to see how much has changed in the U.S.-Greece relationship, to see the breadth of our partnership. They all had wonderful engagements with Greek counterparts, including Chairman Pallone's delegation over the past couple of days with what felt like almost the whole government, including Prime Minister Mitsotakis, Defense Minister Paniotopoulos, Foreign Minister Dendius, Development Minister Georgiadis, Health Minister Plevitas, and of course, Energy Minister Skrekas, and a whole bunch of partners from the private sector and, and from civil society. And I just finished up with them in Suda Bay this afternoon, which was a fantastic opportunity for them, like Mr. Carbajal's delegation, to see really the crown jewel of our military relationship and the very high state of partnership that we enjoy with our Greek allies. Ambassador, I want to focus in on the visit from the Energy and Commerce Committee delegation. Energy cooperation between the United States and Greece has been overshadowed recently by the controversy over the East Med pipeline. Did energy cooperation take a step forward with Chairman Pallone's visit? And what role do you envision for Greece in the battle to wean Europe off of Russian gas? Absolutely. Energy issues were front and center in multiple meetings that Chairman Pallone had, of course, with the Prime Minister, of course, with Energy Minister Skrekas, but also with Minister Yurgiadis, Foreign Minister Dendius. We talked about the three-plus-one process. There were really three messages that I think came through from the Greek government in those discussions. First and foremost is that Greece is 100% aligned with the United States on the importance of supporting Ukraine in their defense against Russia's unprovoked invasion, including the robust implementation of sanctions, the provision of defensive security equipment, and importantly for Greece, the effort to help Europe wean itself off of Russian gas and Russian energy as quickly as possible. In this regard, 
I think it was very useful for the members to hear from Minister Skrekas, from Prime Minister Mitsotakis, and Foreign Minister Dundias that what Greece is doing on energy security today is not just about Greece. It's now about the whole neighborhood. The role of the Alexandropoli floating regasification unit, which helps Bulgaria to break the Gazprom monopoly and escape its dependence. Similarly, for North Macedonia, Serbia, another country, 100% dependent on Russian gas, which is going to offtake from the FSRU. The significance of the IGB pipeline with Bulgaria, which Prime Minister Petkov has committed to finishing by next month. The importance of the expanded capacity that Greece is developing for storing LNG and the significant portion of Greek LNG exports, about 50% that are coming from the United States. So that was all quite important. The members also heard a very clear message from Minister Yorgialis regarding the importance of the Development Finance Corporation, which specifically is authorized to invest in projects in Greece which are focused on energy and energy security. So there was a strong nexus there. And then Foreign Minister Dendius, not surprisingly, was particularly focused on Greece's web of relationships, especially in the Eastern Mediterranean. With Greece, Israel, Cyprus, our cooperation through the 3 plus 1, the work the United States has done to support energy connectivity in the Eastern Mediterranean, but also the very strong relationship with Egypt and what that says for the future. The second element of the conversation, and this came through very clearly with Prime Minister Mitsotakis, is Greece's very strong commitment to energy transition and tackling the climate crisis. And it was very useful, I think, for the members to hear from Prime Minister Mitsotakis his resolve to continue moving towards renewables, to leverage Greece's great endowments of wind and solar, to help Greece move up the value chain for renewables. We have the great example of Hellenic Cables, a company outside of Athens, which is providing the undersea cabling for the United States' first offshore wind project off of Virginia, and which is investing hundreds of millions of dollars in the state of Maryland on a similar undersea cable manufacturing facility that will support the growth that we expect to see both in Greece and in the United States in offshore wind power. And then the third point, and this really came through clearly from both the Prime Minister and Minister Yorgiadis and Minister Skrekas, the great enthusiasm for further American investment in the renewables sector in particular. There were very good conversations among the members who heard from Prime Minister Mitsotakis a clear message in terms of his commitment to make the regulatory process move faster, to facilitate further U.S. investment. Congresswoman Fletcher from Texas, she comes from Houston. She has a lot of energy companies in her district. One of the companies in her district is a Texas company called 547 Energy, which is very close to getting final regulatory approval for what will become the largest onshore wind power project in all of Greece. So this is a real bright spot in terms of the overall U.S.-Greece relationship, and I was really delighted that we had Chairman Pallone and his very large delegation along. I should also mention two other things about the Pallone delegation. One thing I liked about it a lot is that it was very bipartisan, but also that it really covered the whole country. We had Chairman Pallone from New Jersey. We had Congressman McNerney from California. We had Congresswoman Fletcher from Texas. And we had Congressman Upton from Michigan. So really covering from north to south and east to west the whole of the United States. I should also note that the Energy and Commerce Committee also has responsibility for two other important sectors of U.S.-Greece cooperation. One is healthcare, 
And I know the members were very grateful for the time they had with Health Minister Pleveris and the entire health ministry team, the deputy minister, the secretaries general, the head of the Greek CDC. I think they all came away very impressed by the quality of cooperation with the United States. Mr. Upton from Michigan actually has Pfizer's Kalamazoo manufacturing facility in his district, so he was interested to learn about what Pfizer has been doing with the embassy and U.S. government's strong support in Thessaloniki. But they also were so impressed to hear from the Greek government how the prime minister has used the pandemic to accelerate digital transition, to roll out the Envolio vaccination program, the QR codes that all of us have here in Greece to validate our vaccination status, the pass, which is used for boarding aircraft and going into restaurants and what have you. So it was a really high quality and substantial discussion. And then the Energy and Commerce Committee is also responsible for issues around technology and the internet, which again has been one of the real growth areas of U.S.-Greece relations. So I was really excited to have this be my last CODEL here in Greece. We've had a lot of them over the years. I'm grateful for all of them. They all help to add an important dimension to the U.S.-Greece relationship, but this one was really, really perfect. And as I said, it was really exceptionally useful that not only did the delegation have such a full program here in Athens, but that they also were able to continue on to Suda Bay and see how the exceptional cooperation that we have with our Hellenic Armed Forces counterparts helps to project power and, and stability across a wide swath of the Eastern Mediterranean, the Balkans, and Black Sea regions. Ambassador, the phrase pillar of stability has commonly been used to describe Greece's role in the region for several years now. Has that phrase taken on new meaning following Russia's invasion of Ukraine? Well, it certainly has. And you can see that in the way in which, A, Greece has responded, stepped up. Greece was one of the first NATO allies to begin providing defensive assistance to the Ukrainians to support their own efforts to defend their sovereign territory. Greece has been a stalwart ally in the implementation of EU sanctions against Russia, including the seizure of a Russian oil tanker this week. Greece has been a vocal diplomatic supporter of Ukraine. You saw that in Foreign Minister Dendius's travel to Mariupol just three weeks before the invasion. His letter just this week to the ICJ associating Greece with the effort to pursue war crimes charges against Russia for the actions it has undertaken, affecting, among others, the large Greek community in Mariupol as the tragedy unfolds there. The Foreign Minister's travel two weeks ago to Odessa, even as the city was being bombed by the Russians, and the clear signal that Prime Minister Mitsotakis has conveyed with his public commitment that Greece will assist in the reconstruction of Mariupol after Putin is defeated, to include the maternity hospital that Russia bombed. So Greece has demonstrated, as one of the members of Congress said, that it is punching above its weight in terms of its role working with the United States and all of our European allies to answer Russia's invasion of Ukraine. You also saw that, again, in Suda Bay today, if you look at how important Greece has been and how important the work that we've done to expand and deepen our MDCA, our Mutual Defense Cooperation Agreement, in terms of forces being rotated northwards as far as Poland through the port of Alexandropoli, in terms of helicopters from Volos and Stefanovicio redeploying to Poland as part of the reinforcement initiative there. The presence in Greek waters since before Christmas of the Harry S. Truman Carrier Battle Group and the important support that Greece provides for that ship and her associated vessels. Harry Truman has been into Suda Bay twice 
on this deployment. We have one of the Arleigh Burke destroyers associated with the battle group in Rhodes today. We have another one that was in Piraeus a few days ago, and we have another one coming up in the days ahead. So Greece has been really indispensable to the work that the U.S. Navy is doing to provide support to the NATO response to the invasion of Ukraine. There are also important collection platforms which operate out of Suda Bay, which have been part of our collective NATO response. So Greece has more than demonstrated the importance of its geographic location. These are the U.S. interests on NATO's southeastern flank, and I expect that that importance will only grow after Putin is defeated, and we as the alliance look at how we will deal with the after-effects. Security cooperation and guarantees are now even more important in this world. The bilateral relationship has experienced quite an upgrade on these fronts during your tenure. How can Athens and Washington build on the new MDCA, the F-16 upgrade, and the U.S.'s verbal pushback against Turkey's absurd questioning of Greece's sovereignty over its own islands? So, you know, I think, Thanos, first of all, I will say I will depart in a couple of weeks with great confidence in the momentum that we have in the bilateral relationship and the institutional structures that we've put into place, like the strategic dialogue, like the three plus one process, which are important to keeping things moving ahead. I was very grateful to Senator Menendez for his leadership in the passage of the U.S.-Greece Defense and Interparliamentary Partnership Act, which provided a framework for some of our defense cooperation, but also built this new structure of of parliamentary cooperation. And visits like the ones we've had over the past few weeks reinforce for me how important that element of our relationship is. I think we need to continue looking for opportunities to develop synergy between our forces, to leverage the strong confidence that we have with our Greek allies, to identify opportunities to maintain and improve the readiness and positioning of U.S. forces. That's what we've been doing for several years now at Volos and Stefanovicchio. That's what we do every single day at Suda Bay. That's what we're doing at Larissa with our MQ-9 deployments. So we have a very good roadmap, I think, for the years ahead. The challenge we face is that the strategic map of Europe looks different after the 24th of February. But one of the consequences of Putin's invasion is that our European allies have recognized the importance of meeting the challenge that Russia represents with hard power, and Greece is extremely well positioned to support that effort, not just for the United States, but also with France, with so many other allies. I mean, that's what the Ineos exercise that I attended a couple of weeks ago at Andrevita illustrated so well. And I know you had a podcast about that just a few days ago, so I won't belabor the point. But Greece is really in a unique position to build these bridges between NATO allies and partners, including Ukraine, including Israel, including Cyprus. So I expect we will continue to develop in that direction. And I'm very confident that we have a very strong partner and a strong foundation that's been laid over the past several years. To wrap up, Ambassador, at the Delphi Forum, you said that what you would highlight looking back on your time in Greece as having changed most dramatically is confidence. And we've seen this confidence manifest itself both in terms of major American companies investing in Greece and the record number of Americans visiting Greece. What message do you have for American companies considering the region and American tourists thinking about visiting the region? Let me do the tourist one first. Summer has arrived in Greece. We have a record number of direct flights from the United States. 
when I was coming through the airport this afternoon on my return from Suda Bay, it already felt like midsummer just in terms of the crowds. And I think that says a lot about the climate, the safety that Greece has created. And I think that bodes very well for American travelers here to Greece over the summer months. And then on the investment side, you know, I think in many ways, the work of the embassy over several years, starting with the Thessaloniki International Fair in 2018, the work that we've done with the Ministry of Digital Policy to tackle key issues like intellectual property rights, the work that the embassy has done throughout my tenure at the grassroots level to help to build opportunities for young people in science and technology, to work on digital skills building, to work on women in business, opportunities for women in business. It's really exciting for me to see how that's all come together in investments like Microsoft and Cisco and Deloitte and Pfizer. And I'm very confident if you look at the number of U.S. tech giants that have chosen to put a flag down in Greece and the results that they have achieved, their satisfaction with the quality of the work that's being done here, the price of the human talent, the capital that they have to acquire, and Greece's ability to blow through the kind of obstacles to investment that deterred people from coming here in the past. All of that bodes very well for the future and I think makes this a very exciting time in the U.S.-Greece trade and investment relationship. Ambassador, on behalf of HALC, and I'm sure of all our listeners, congratulations on a tremendous run in Greece. You know, we've enjoyed working with you. Look forward to the progress continuing under your successor, George Tsunis, and can't wait to work with you again. Great. Thanks, Thanos. And again, Kalabaska. In other news, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken thanked Greece in a phone call with Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis for its firm support in Ukraine, which includes the strong imposition of sanctions and extensive humanitarian and defense assistance. I spoke with Prime Minister Mitsotakis about the significant aid NATO ally Greece has provided to Ukraine and other ways to help Ukraine defend itself against Moscow's brutal war of aggression. The U.S.-Greece relationship has never been stronger or more important, Secretary Blinken wrote in a Twitter post on Thursday. Later on Thursday, the White House announced that Prime Minister Mitsotakis will meet with President Biden in Washington, D.C. on May 16th. Finally, Prime Minister Mitsotakis expressed his sadness and disgust at the damage to a door of Hagia Sophia in Istanbul in a call with UNESCO's Director General. His office announced on Thursday. Mitsotakis said that the damage to the Imperial Gate demonstrated disrespect for the monument's history, integrity, and universal character. According to the Prime Minister's office, UNESCO's Director General reiterated UNESCO's concerns over the repercussions of the Turkish government's decision in 2020 to turn Hagia Sophia, then a museum, into a mosque, and said she will request an explanation from the authorities. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.